to episode six of Never Not Creative. This week, I've managed to get some time with a guy called Adam Thorne, who is a journalist at Mumbrella. Now, if you're in Australia, there's a good chance you've heard of Mumbrella. Um, you've read kind of the articles uh, on Mumbrella about the media and marketing and creative industry in Australia. Um, if you haven't, then you can go to mumbrella.com.au. But just recently, I was listening to one of the Mumbrella podcasts, actually, um, and which led me to a series of articles online uh, that had been written by this guy called Adam Thorne, who you're about to be able to listen to. And Adam has done a big kind of investigation into unpaid internships in the media industry, and most specifically in regards to journalism. Uh, I was fascinated by it. Um, I thought it was incredibly relevant for our audience and our community. And so I invited him over to the office and uh, we had a a quick chat. You may have seen the live stream on Instagram and we'll be sharing that on on the websites. Also on the website, don't forget that we have the link to the mental health survey. So Mentally Healthy 2018, which has been getting lots of coverage recently. Um, Big shout out to people that have supported us so far. So um, Unlimited, Everymind, um, the Comms Council, AGDA, uh, the MFA, uh, the Loop most recently as well. So, and anybody else, if you've uh, put this on kind of Instagram or in your Insta stories or on Facebook, thank you so much for uh, sharing the survey out. We've had over 1,200 responses so far, so flying, but would love to get some more. And um, yeah, we'll be giving it a push. It'll stay open until the end of September. That's it for now around that survey. And let's get back to the discussion that Adam and I had on unpaid internships. Okay. Great, so uh, a first for Never Not Creative, we're gonna try and do a live stream and podcast at once. Um, so I'm Andy Wright, helped uh, found Never Not Creative, and um, I've invited Adam from Mumbrella uh, because I've been reading recently Adam's kind of expose into internships in the media industry and specifically in yeah. journalism, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, I was specifically looking at journalism. However, it's it's kind of similar across kind of a lot of the kind of creative industries. Um, and what you've got now is a problem where it's very very hard for young people to get their break without having to do months or sometimes years of internships. Mm. And there's a couple of problems with that. Firstly, getting them can be quite cliquey. You know, it might be sort of your family, friends, or whatever, which you know locks out a lot of people. Um, and secondly, also, it's very expensive to do them just because you're not able to earn. Mm. And so obviously, that prices out people that you know aren't from a wealthier background increasingly because when you have to you know who, who can afford today to work for years for free that's the problem yeah. and especially if you don't happen to live in, in near a big city it becomes really really difficult and I think you mentioned in some of the articles like the this fact that you're not getting paid and we've actually done an episode of the podcast mm. in the past talking about how basically it raises not it doesn't really raise the bar I think it lowers the bar probably morally yeah uh, but raises the bar in terms of how much money you need to have to be able to you exactly. know, do an internship. And so I think you wrote at one point, it's like you were actually turning this profession almost into a very wealthy p- profession. It's yeah. not even that well yeah. paid though, when you exactly. get there, is it? 
this is yeah there's an, there's another um discussion here that when you do get through all of this slog then you you've not necessarily got that much you know you're not getting a huge slur at the end of it so it's not like you can sort of take a gamble and think i can pay this back later yeah. um yeah that's the problem like it, it's about saying that increasingly what's happening is you're not seeing the best of the best get through but the best of the, those that can afford it mm. um and i think you know there's, there's, there's probably always going to be a situation in, in in the world kind of outside of politics where you're going to have wealthier people and, and, and poorer people but my argument is that there needs to be some kind of ladder for the talented hard-working people from poorer backgrounds or more ordinary backgrounds mm. to climb and at the moment there kind of isn't and people are trapped in that people know that a lot of these internships are illegal and they're wrong and they're difficult but they have to do them to get their start so it's there's a kind of a cycle here um, and the other problem is of course if you're doing an internship the biggest reason you do it is to put it on your CV and get a reference so you're not going to go and kind of um, uh, complain about it or put in a you know a, a go to the fair work ombudsman because that would be counterproductive so because nobody reports it everybody gets away with it and this sort of cycle continues yeah. forever and ever I saw um, the ABC did a bit of an investigation into this as well mm -hmm. and they looked at um, ads for internships and basically they, mm -hmm. they did a, a very fairly simple kind of word mm -hmm. cloud yeah. for this um, and on one side they did a word cloud for kind of everything that employers are looking for yeah. um, and so it's things like you know hard working um, revenue generating, uh, innovative, you know, mm -hmm. proactive, mm -hmm. um, fast learners. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side, they had what these people are offered. Um, it's like free cookies, uh, Opal card. Yeah. Um, looks great on your CV. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's hard, I'd imagine, in an industry, especially journalism, mm -hmm. which... I mean, the traditional form of journalism, there mm -hmm. can't be as many jobs, mm -hmm. I would imagine, at yeah. the moment. Um, did, did you find anything that was, like, people seem to be happy to to do this or is it just more of an acceptance of the, the norm think, like that's what it's got to I think people have accepted it and that's the scariest thing when I when I started off in my career I did a couple of minor sort of week here and there work experience placements but generally I treated the thing with disdain because my attitude maybe quite arrogantly was I'm not working for free who do you think you are I have one work experience stint and I won't I won't name the um I won't name what, what the, the exact paper I was at but I was there for sort of two and a half days and I was meant to be there for a week and nobody really said anything to me and it really wound me up I'm like well I've come here I'm working for free I'm doing a good job for you guys and this sort of senior reporter came up to me and he said something like oh you know tell me a little bit about yourself and I was like delighted and I started sort of ranting on and he was like sorry I'm gonna have to stop you there I'm going to lunch and just turned around and walked away and I was oh. furious so I just didn't go in the next day um, which is I was a very like highly strung um, sort of 20 year old but I did, I, to me I was like this is disgusting I didn't like this concept of working for free nowadays it's accepted nowadays that's just a normal part of the process you maybe go to university you get your degree then you spend a year or so interning and then you get your first job and I think the generation that have come free this is just the norm and I kind of think it, it shouldn't yeah. be and, that, and that's quite a leap that acceptance so there's there's work experience mm -hmm. and there's internships mm -hmm. Do you, as, as you kind of went through the research, did you mm. find any areas where it's like clearly some things that are work experience are okay yeah. and clearly some things that are internships are actually should be properly employable paid jobs yeah so i think i think the, the, the biggest difference is nobody's saying that like work experience itself isn't isn't is a, is a bad thing because it can be useful if you yeah. do a week somewhere and you can try something out um i think the difference is is in 
like is is in the duration so to talk through kind of like what, what the law is so in this country you've got the fair work act um i think it's the fair work regulations act as well and essentially what it comes down to is um an internship or work experience is illegal if it's outside of an academic course um so if it's not part of your university degree say and also if the business is deemed to benefit more than the young person so what it should be is you should be going along kind of shadowing someone learning things maybe doing the odd kind of admin task to help out but there should be an element that the young person is getting something from it yeah. and it's a generous act on behalf of the business to to yeah. want to have young people around where it crosses a line is where people are doing what is basically a regular job that should be paid now the problem with all of this is that's super subjective where does that line lie yeah. and it's also difficult for businesses too because let's say you have an intern in and you get them to shadow and do some menial tasks and they do a really good job you think i want to reward them by giving them, letting them do something creative maybe it's design something write something whatever and then suddenly that person could theory turn around and be like well, hang on a minute now you're breaking the law so it's actually difficult for everyone yeah. um, and while there are clearly a lot of businesses that are actively taking advantage there's also some businesses that are kind of rightly confused so there needs to be a lot more certainty in what is and isn't illegal like you say because mm. at the moment everyone's pretty confused yeah i um i came across a role on a website just yesterday uh that was um a volunteer graphic designer position mm -hmm. Um, and it was the classic kind of, you know, come in, uh, work with our team, you'll get to do these tasks mm -hmm. and uh, we'll pay for your travel and lunch. Mm -hmm. And clearly, like, that's not acceptable. And also, it's not like this was a, a place known for its graphic design. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, I think it's actually international government mm -hmm. um, related. And so definitely not known probably for, yeah. <laughs> for the yeah. quality of design that they're going to be putting out. Um, there, I mean, so... so some, there's some issues there with the, like the grey area of deemed mm -hmm. to be because yeah. that's a really a get out of jail exactly. free clause. Um, but what are the punishments if you do take it forward? Well, again, so most of the most of the punishments that that do come are kind of um, punishment like, sounds harsh, doesn't it? Yeah, I guess implications. Yeah, or, yeah. so. <laughs> say somebody did complain and the fair commons were able to sort of do something about it then you get all sorts of kind of cautions and warnings and, and, and things like that then it becomes quite difficult there because often the business can just ignore those um it's quite difficult to get enough evidence to take these businesses to court and also the fair commonsman is, is, is essentially a government department or it's a state thing they haven't got loads of money just to be going after people so it becomes difficult yeah. and they, they accept that, you know, as, as the law currently is at the moment, their hands are very much tied. So, I mean, there have been cases where people have gone to court and have had to pay fines, but they're incredibly rare. We're talking a kind of handful in the last decade. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was a case in the UK, I think, where some Monocle interns yeah. took uh, Monocle to, to court. Um, I'm not sure what the outcome was of that, but uh, it's, it, it is really interesting because I think you were saying how the that it's you don't want to rock the boat you're just exactly. about to step out into your career yeah you don't want to rock the boat exactly. in terms of like be blacklisted yeah um and it, but it's funny isn't it a shame that we couldn't get that to happen the other way yeah <laughs> should we blacklist employers that don't well this is it so in terms of like what what are the solutions to this so the three problems are well one of the biggest problems i think i've not mentioned is that there's no need to register an intern or a work experienced person you just take them on they come mm. they leave they go so we have no idea how many people are interning or what's what's going on it's it's a complete black spot so if there was some element that people had to register them then we'd, we'd know a lot more of what was going on and if we had to register somebody so that they were somewhere for like three months or four months 
then suddenly even a, a warning flag could be mm. raised and then it could also be the case it's not just that you're relying on somebody to complain but they can then get the evidence to then sort of go in mm. to be a bit more proactive so that's kind of one of the things that needs to happen and I think also what needs to happen is you you need to see some more kind of um, laws that say that um, businesses of a certain size should invest in training people it should be kind of like this sort of mis- I think in creative industries creative um, industry especially that should happen yeah. because otherwise you're shifting all the burden of education and training onto that young person yeah it's funny actually the only real rules that exist when it comes to training because i've had experience of this yeah. is that um you have to do training and spend money on training if you sponsor someone mm-hmm. so if someone comes into the country and say mm-hmm. if they're on a, like a four five yeah, seven yeah. or something to be able to get that you have to spend i think it's one percent of your mm-hmm. yearly revenue on mm-hmm. training yeah and they don't really care what the training is it's more about the the number but that's actually the only real case where there is a an importance put on the fact that you should be training your staff mm-hmm. and really it's yeah it's very strange it's not even connected to the person that's coming yeah, in. yeah. It, it's bizarre because I, I don't sort of want to get political in it because I'm not I'm not necessarily that political and it's not a political issue but one of the things is that people like to talk about how you know as a society we've all got a lot smarter and clever and ha- look how many more people are going to university and look how much better grades they're getting but all that happened 30 years ago is that it's employees were essentially paying to train people you'd start at a younger age you wouldn't have your degree um you go somewhere and sure they pay you a pittance for the first year or two but they'd be training you and showing you the ropes so actually what's happening is that we're in a similar we've always been spat out a similar position at the end except whereas before the business was paying for it now young people are forced to pay Mm. and why do you think we have it in a few industries and not in others so you know we have journalism (laughs) clearly definitely it's it's exists in the creative industry but if we look out we can't quite see the buildings but like if we were to look at pwc accenture kpmg um probably some law firms and Mm -hmm. um, accountancy firms there would be grad programs yep and they'd go on to the grad salary and they'd get all this kind of experience mm-hmm. and work on the job and get paid. Yeah. Yeah, in our industries, we, we don't do that. Yeah. Um, two reasons I would say off the top of my head. The first one and the biggest one is supply and demand. There are more people than ever before that want to become journalists. And I, I right. would imagine there's probably more people than ever before than want to work in the creative industries. Yeah. But there's often less and less jobs than there ever are before. So that is what hands employers the power not to be able to train and be, to be able to put people mm-hmm. on internships things like that also the creative industry it's very hard to um actively actively quantify what they bring so say like you're working at um, a, a big bank or whatever you can say this person generates x amount of money you can put that in a in, in a spreadsheet they can be a profit center or whatever you want to call it how do you quantify what a creative brings it's very difficult and again this is one of the reasons why i think you're not getting that investment because we can say a great bit of creative can do such and such but you that's not a number that's a, that's mm. a subjective thing so that's the other issue it's got in particular as you were doing this uh research i, I noticed there's so that there's two things i want to talk about a little bit more which mm-hmm. is some of the stories that you found yeah um and i actually had someone even message me the yeah. other day because of the facebook group in the community that we're yeah, yeah. building and uh talking about how they were you know being forced into a free internship mm-hmm. program with no 
um, guarantee of a job at the end, mm-hmm. and they just kept getting extended and extended mm-hmm. um, for no, for no money. Um, and now that person's had to kind of move out of Sydney because they can't afford mm-hmm. to live here. Mm-hmm. And it's like a it's a it's a kind of a real big shame. I noticed you found a Facebook group called the Australian called, Writers. Yeah, Young Australian Writers. Yeah, yeah, right. And so did you? There must have been quite a few stories in there. Not, so I mean that that was a kind of the start of it because actually I mean I'm, I'm sort of 31 now, but it's actually as you get a bit older, it does become harder and harder to get in touch with those kind of people and especially to find good case studies so I was pointed in the direction of this um, yeah, Facebook group and I, I posted on there and then a lot of people were emailing and messaging me and I, I called quite a few people and emailed quite a few people um, and a lot of them had similar stories um, but I, I suppose I, I picked the case study that I thought was most sort of typical of Australia yeah. because one, one of the was sort of the, the anonymous person that spoke to me who I called Isla Williams she was from a country town she wasn't dirt poor she was just an average background from a, I say, from a country town and it was just really difficult for her. She couldn't afford to um, be able to study a degree in a big city. It was very hard for her. And then once she got through that, she certainly couldn't afford to intern a lot. And, and she had a fantastic portfolio. Like she's an absolutely brilliant writer. Um, she's a lot better than uh, a lot of the uh, full-time uh, professionally employed people I've seen. And so she's just she's losing out through no fault of her own. And because there's a lot of people that will have this kind of um smart ass sort of attitude of well we struggle so you can struggle too the best they yeah, always yeah. find a way you know you know the best don't complain the cream always rises and i i think that's rubbish nowadays yeah. i think the cream isn't rising and a lot of good people just losing out through no fault of their own yeah and it's not like trying mm. to overly support the other side right it's actually just making sure everyone can start from the same place exactly that's it. There's, there, it's about making sure that there's a ladder to climb. And it's also important, uh, particularly in journalism, but for all the creative industry, that you have people from a variety of backgrounds because that's how good ideas come about. If you've just got a kind of echo chamber of people in the office all from the same background who are all quite the same, then clearly the work that's going to come out at the end isn't going to be as good. Yeah. Did you get to speak to anyone on the other side of this? So the people that, that were very much like, you know what? Unpaid internships are good for exactly those reasons yeah. that you just said. Mm-hmm. Like you, you know, you've done your best work in yeah. unpaid internship to get noticed, and like the cream rises to the yeah. top. Did, did were there any other kind of um, uh, <laughs> I want to say rationale, but let's say excuses yeah. Yeah. for keeping um, yeah. the unpaid well, internship it's, alive? It's really interesting because when I started out, what I wanted to do is to kind of do here are the arguments for, and here are the arguments against, and yeah. here's all the evidence. The, the problem is there almost isn't really an argument against it other than kind of bluster. There is no evidence. Like, there's very little data on all sides, but there's almost... No one really denies this is happening. You know, all the reports say we are getting to a situation now where the vast majority of people are doing these unpaid internships, they cost you a fortune, and they're blocking up people from poor backgrounds. It is almost hard to rationally argue against it because it's such common sense. Who can afford to work for free for so long? So that's the problem. They're almost isn't really an argument against it. And the people that are arguing against it, which I can't kind of name, they won't talk Mm. on the record unless they're just, you know, people on a comments thread or whatever sort of um, mouthing off. But there isn't really anyone that can come up with a rational argument against it. It's just that people are ignoring it. That's it's that kind of culture of silence. When before I started that I found that there was the odd news story on internships, but nobody was looking at the, the greater issue. And the greater issue is if you have internships, it leads to creative industries where you just you're locking out all but the very wealthy. And as as time goes on, this has become more and more and more set in. Yeah. So that's what I want to look at, really. Yeah, I was on a, a panel this week mm. at um, Shillington, which is mm. a design school. And um, we were talking about just this issue. And I think one of the problems I have with it is the precedent it sets. Mm-hmm. Like, 
creatives find it pretty hard to get paid for what they do sometimes mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. right? And so, you know, we do a lot of pro bono work, mm-hmm. like stuff that's good for the portfolio. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of conditions people into, and certain industries into mm-hmm. um, the fact that, oh, you know what, you're lucky to work on this. It's a good opportunity for mm-hmm. you. You can put this, it'll make you famous. You can enter it into an award if you like. Mm-hmm. And, and that kind of does stroke the creative ego. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sets this really da- dangerous precedent of yeah. giving work away for free. And it starts as soon as someone gets out of uni, if not before, mm-hmm. um, because of you know unpaid internships. And so we kind of really devalue the profession very, very quickly. Yeah, massively. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And, and, and you say you're, everyone's so desperate to get their start that, that they're happy to do that. And actually, even as people get going, one of the things I notice in journalism, particularly in magazine journalism, is is you've almost got photographers now, some of the best sort of freelance photographers, will do their editorial work for free or virtually nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just getting paid the expenses for, you know, their kind of helpers and carriers and whatever. Um, and then they're, and they're just doing that. It's like, well, I want to shoot X celebrity to put it in my portfolio to so do it for free. And they will make their money doing the commercial work but that is a really dangerous precedent is, yeah. to set that people are happy to be like well I'll do the good stuff for myself and then I'll, I'll do the money making stuff separately yeah. yeah like you say and the more that goes on the more you create a, you, you create this kind of idea that creative is worthless mm. which is dangerous did you find any good examples as you went through this um, or, was, or did you kind of at the end of this feel like nah this is this is it what are we doing here I, I, I do it's difficult but I would say that Doing work experience, I, I wouldn't ban it because I think it can be a good thing. If you're, if you're maybe, I don't know, 17, 18, you're in two minds what you want to do as a career, a, a week working somewhere could change your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't think that. And I don't agree with people that say, you know, businesses should be allowed to just, you know, should be educated more. I think they, 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 they've been given a chance. That yeah, they've they not, know. Didn't yeah. they? It's not working. Um, the current setup's not working. And people are naturally going to take advantage. If you're a creative agency, if you're a newspaper or a magazine, online website, and you're under the cosh, you will take advantage and not pay some as much as you can. So I think you need to have some more kind of regu- regulation. And we need to start registering these people, yeah. 100%. So, so there's, I mean, you can, we can kind of, the top-down approach, I guess, is the regulation side of things. Yeah. Um, the other way is like the, the grassroots and the ground up, which yeah. is going, okay, well, let's actually call these internships out publicly yeah. um, and I, rec- I noticed you came across a Twitter account called Dodgy Internships yeah which is yeah. fantastic um, so I don't know who the founder is I've spoken to it's that anonymous, person right? yeah. anonymous yeah it's actually quite exciting um, so uh, we were emailing um, and it was a brilliant idea because they've got a lot of adverts that go up on job boards which look quite obviously illegal some of them are shocking it's like you know you need work you need a list of experience to do work experience which is insane yes. like where does that end um, and so basically this person was calling them out publicly and, and not necessarily saying you're, you're definitely doing illegal, anything illegal, but he'd be like, well, can you, um, can you, can you confirm that this is going to be paid? Can you confirm how many hours it is? Because the second you shine a bit of a light on it, mm. the second people change their mind. Um, so like Umbrella, we've got a jobs board and we, we kind of have a policy of trying to be very careful. Like we believe you should advertise um, work experience stints because they shouldn't be a closed network. But we always try our best to go to them and say, look, can you just confirm it? If, if, if we think this is crossing a line, we won't put it up there. Yeah, right. So, but that, yeah, it was a really good idea. And it, the, the person that said it has got a bit of publicity before, but yeah. that's exactly kind of what needs to happen. Yeah, I think there's definitely some stuff like this where, like we, um, we posted into the Facebook group the other day, um, something that another designer had found, which is this thing called the shit list. Yeah. And it's basically a list of, uh, of clients that don't pay on time or don't yeah. pay. 
Um, and so <laughs> I feel like this is happening elsewhere. Yeah. Like as soon as people stand up and call it out, yeah. um, and I feel like it is the time that um, there's enough people eventually um, coming together yeah. around a subject like yeah. this that we could actually see a bit of change happen. Yeah. Is there any... Um, did you have you noticed any like next step is okay go and approach an MP and say hey look let's do something about this properly like if there's if there's been a movement around getting better licenses and tax breaks mm -hmm. for craft beer I feel yeah. like we could probably do 100%. something for internships. It's 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 ironic in that the creative industry and all of all of marketing and all of that sort of media is obsessed about the word data 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 I don't know if anyone really knows exactly what the word data means but data is the buzzword that everyone's been talking about and what we need is data and we need information. So the more people talk about this, the better. So the, the overriding reason I wrote this this story, my series of stories, was because I wanted to start a conversation. Yeah. I almost wanted people to be getting in touch and saying, no, you're wrong, because at least if they're saying that, then you, you cause a debate and things like this. So what, you, what, what people can do is to talk about it, is to do things like this, but also to set a bit of an example, because yeah. the second you get um, agencies that say, you know what, we're, we're not going to do this, or we're going to have a policy on it that's when things will start to change yeah. but the more noise you can make the better yeah um did did you find any good um like were there companies that did it well are there any countries that actually have legislation that's any that, that kind of helps with this no it's, it's actually quite similar sort of thing around the yeah. world like um i i think that um yeah, and, and I, the UK, as so you've got the Australia, the UK, and the US are sort of a, the three big markets you look at kind of like creatively, and they're in a sort of very similar position. I don't, I don't think I found an example of, say, a country that was able to do this really well um, through my research. Again, it, it's just such a kind of smoke and mirrors thing. Yeah. Um, and I, I think in a, in a couple of years, you, you will start to see things happen. And I think as well, when you get um, one country do something, then the others will follow, but it yeah. needs that kind of breakthrough. Yeah. I noticed you actually referred to it as, um, I could see by the end of the series, yeah. you got to the point where you said, yeah. uh, bluntly what's happened is we've quietly shuffled towards a quite, a quite disgusting social cleansing of the one profession that more than any other needs to reflect the diverse country we live in so much for a fair go. Exactly. I mean, that is the truth. And because the thing is, is that, you know, and I, I moved, one of the biggest reasons I moved to Australia is because I, I wanted to move to what I thought was a place of more opportunities and to an extent Australia is it's that's built into it that's why all of us Brits come over here um, because it's a fantastic place but it also has unique challenges the geography of this country doesn't doesn't lend itself to any kind of like what you would call social mobility if you're from a country town and you want to do something in in creative industry or in journalism where you you generally have to you be in a city there. to start yeah then that puts you at a massive disadvantage. In, in the reality is if you have your parents who um, have a house in the middle of Sydney or in Melbourne, then, then it's a lot easier. But if you're from a regional area, you're hugely disadvantaged. And at the moment, the, um, the sort of government help to help people move there is rubbish. It, it seems, I think I, read, I wrote in one of the features, it seems generous on the surface, but it's mild in so many complexities. Like it took me, I could have written 10,000 words on the Centrelink application process and, and how complicated it is and it's almost the case that if you're dirt poor you'll be given you're dirt poor from a dirt poor family you will be given help but if you're just from a kind of average family you're not yeah. so that's perversely like it's it's that's why I'm I, I one of the conclusions I, I reached is that increasingly it's not that we're just locking out the poor we're, lo we're beginning to lock out the sort of 75 percent majority yeah yeah there's um I had a chat recently with the editor of um, Ion Design, which is a publication over in the US yep. for IGA, mm -hmm. um, AIGA, and they started talking about how actually 
in many cases there is you know there are laws written there are mm -hmm. rules written but in true kind of you know g g government practice um, there is an, an issue in terms of how it's articulated yep. and how easy it is to find and how mm -hmm. accessible all of that yeah. is. Um, and one of the things that they're looking at um, potentially focusing on is actually just translating all of that much better yep. so that people can walk into something knowing their rights and not exactly. feel like, um, you know, they've had to go. You don't want to be that kind of Jobsworth person that's gone, well, if you read rule 3.1.a yeah. section 2, yeah, yeah, you never want to be that person, right? It took me so long. So there's one point in, one, in my main feature where I try to break down like what, what the numbers are, and it's so complicated. It took me days of, of looking at it, trying to work it out, um, because it's you. It's not just like there's a set figure. It's like it's a set figure, but then if you earn over a certain amount, it goes down by such and such and such amount and then if your parents over over a certain amount it goes down by a bit more but then if your parents have more kids then it swings the other way and it's very 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 difficult to work out and also and, and i don't want to make the kind of overarching allegation but i do think that from the people i've spoken to the guys at centrelink aren't necessarily the most helpful and they're not necessarily bending over backwards you've got yeah. to go on the phone and fight for it um the, the girl who was the main let's say the main case study in my story she was like well i had hours on the phone to centrelink trying to get this sorted and by the end yeah. of the day the, the amount was so pitiful it wasn't even worth the hassle yeah, right. so it yeah. should be a lot there should be a website where it's just, it's just a lot more clear. Um, and maybe it's just the case that the way we divvy up that help is done in a more simple way, yeah. as well as explaining it, because it, it's very, very, very confusing. Yeah, I, I think that, that definitely is uh, one of the big things that would help people. And also knowing that like, there would then also be no stigma attached to actually saying, actually, I have a right to this, mm -hmm. um, and trying to remove some of the... Um, issues of like oh this is going to damage my career yeah it's actually no it should actually damage your business because you're breaking the law exactly um yeah um exactly and when you see more people get prosecuted and they're in a much more high profile way then people will think twice about yeah. it at the moment everybody knows that they can get away with it people don't really know the law once you've got a few really big case studies then again things will change yeah and as soon i guess as you know the the person comes out of the internship and gets a job and there and there are also you know, there are successful cases mm -hmm. of people doing well mm -hmm. and, you know, they come and later in their career, they've, you know, very uh, awards, very well awarded. Mm -hmm. um, and they talk about, you know, the struggle at the beginning mm -hmm. and that's what got them there and yeah. that's what gave them the character. And it's kind of like romanticized and exactly. kind of like heroic. I completely agree. Yeah. It's it completely agree. It's like the struggle. Nobody believed in me, but I believed in myself <laughs> and I all those late nights, you know, yeah, don't romanticise that because it's rubbish. I don't yeah. believe that the struggle makes you do anything better creatively. You know, maybe it makes you a bit more determined, but yeah. really, I, I think this is rubbish. I think if you've got happy, confident, relaxed sort of people, then they're going to do better stuff. This idea of it all downtrodden and broken, how do you do your best work then? So yeah. I completely agree. Don't romanticise the struggle. Just get rid of the struggle yeah. if we can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's next? Are you doing anything more um, into this? Yeah, so I've, I was going to take a little bit of a break um, from this topic for a while, but then I, I plan to go back and follow it up. I've got a few more kind of ideas of, of where you where you can take it. Um, Umbrella does a, a publish event um, where we kind of yeah. get editors and publishers and stuff from, from the media world, and I'm doing a panel um, on that um, to talk about it. And again, the idea is that if you've got a room full of kind of decision makers and you can have that panel there, then yeah. you can sort of directly share what's happening. Um, but there's plenty more kind of digging I want to do. Are you um, going to set up the room and ask, like do a little poll so that if uh, people 
answer yes to uh, paid internships, their, their chair stays okay. But if yeah. they answer no, suddenly they get like a jolt, 300 volts through the... <laughs> that is a brilliant idea. That is a brilliant idea. If it was up to me, we would do it. Um, the int- I mean, Yeah, I mean, it would, it, would, it would be great to electrocute people, but uh, no, we can't, can't quite do that. But yeah, I, I do want to kind of keep going on this and going on this and going on this and, and, and find more and more and more things. I'm very intrigued to find out... Um, the companies, like as far as the world in, in the world of kind of journalism, um, there hasn't been any any kind of um, warnings that have been issued. But I'm very intrigued to find out what warnings have been issued to mm. other companies outside of the creative professions. And I'd be very interested to get hold of these warnings. What were the companies? What happened? Yeah. Because again, at the moment, because of the confusion, it's hard to get this information. Once these things come out, then people will start to think again. But it's the silence and the secrecy. Yeah. And there's no reason for there to be one rule for one industry and one rule exactly. for another. Um, yeah. It doesn't exact. Doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be quite exciting to watch come what comes next. Mm-hmm. Uh, can where can people follow you? Um, uh, where will they be able to read all of this? Well, what I can say is um, is if, if uh, what I can do is send you a link to my main kind of article, and then within that article at the bottom, it's kind of got links to everything else in the series. Yeah. So you can see essentially it, it started off with a couple of news stories, the kind of main feature which explains it all, um, and then we did I did a kind of opinion piece as well. So I'll I'll give you guys a link so you can kind of get into it there, and then just kind of keep your keep your yeah. eyes peeled on my and Twitter uh, <laughs> yes but I, I very I'm rubbish on Twitter right. I very rarely tweet so I'm not I'm not going to put that out there um, yeah but no keep your eyes on my brother and I'll, I'll give a link as well for people yeah, to have read cool thank you very much thank uh, you for thanks for me. everyone who tuned in if they did I'm assuming there might have been a few people and uh, yeah we'll be uh, back next week uh, actually we have another conversation coming soon around internships uh, which might be a little bit more uh, balanced in fact, uh, someone who I've been having a conversation with on Twitter. So um, that'll be good to get a, a different perspective. So that's coming soon. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to follow Never Not Creative on any of the social media channels, you can find us at nvrnotcreative. Um, check out nevernotcreative.org. Of course, a uh, big thank you to Adam in this episode and Mumbrella. So check out mumbrella.com.au and you'll find more of his uh, articles and some more um, investigation into the unpaid internship subject in No Doubt coming up soon thanks also to Streamtime who without Streamtime I wouldn't be able to do any of this podcast and also thanks everyone in the community so far we've been getting more and more people share stories with us more and more people offer help Um, we will be coming to you the community very soon um, to get involved in the Never Not Creative identity and how we express ourselves Um, So keep an eye out for that on the Facebook group and on Instagram. Um, But for now, we'll leave it there and we will see you next week.